Our precious Heavenly Father, we ask, speak, speak, O Lord, through Your Word this morning. Father, I pray that You would examine the attitudes of our hearts this morning as to whether we truly desire to be yielded before Your Word. Lord, I pray that You would help us to to look at our own hearts and attitudes together this morning as we pray. Lord, help us to be yielded together before Your Word. That as we come and open the truth before us, we would truly be challenged by Your Word to be more Christ-like. That hearts that disbelieve would be caused to believe by the power of Your truth, by the work of the Holy Spirit, opening their eyes to the truth. Lord, when we have arguments against Your Word, Lord, I pray that You would destroy those arguments with the power of Your truth. Father, help us to humble ourselves even now as we open the Word together so that we as Your church, Your people, would be more and more like Christ in this community for the good of those who need Christ so that they might see their need for Christ and be challenged by their need to repent of sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. All because Your Word is powerful and Your church is faithful. Lord, help us to be faithful and obedient to Your Word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like you to go with me to Acts. Uh, Acts. I'm in another time zone. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. We're going to begin with verse eight this morning. We've been seeing Paul's charge to Timothy for many weeks now. We've been seeing Paul's charge to Timothy to be a strong Christian and how to encourage the church to be strong believers, faithful to Christ, powerful witnesses, faithful to the end, faithful even in the face of opposition, faithful even in the face of difficulty and persecution. And Paul knows all about persecution. Paul is in prison as he writes this to Timothy. This is the last writing we have of Paul's. We believe that this is likely written in the last few weeks or even days of his life before we believe he was beheaded and he was in prison for preaching the gospel. He knew what persecution was and he knew how to be strong by the strength of the Lord, by the strength of the Holy Spirit at work in him. And with this charge that we have in Second Timothy, he challenges and he encourages Timothy to be strengthened by the power of Christ at work in him. And we come to verse 8 this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we find that believers who will be strong in the faith will be those who always remember something very important and very important this morning. And we are going to give our attention to this verse 8 because this is a very important statement here. And if we're going to be strong for Christ in the world today, we must never forget this thing which... Paul points Timothy to, and Paul points the church through by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 8. Paul says to Timothy, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. 
And as Paul continued to encourage Timothy, he reminded him of Jesus. And when he says to remember Jesus Christ, he isn't just, he isn't just hoping that Timothy won't forget that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The language here in the original language is actually more direct than in our language. The word we use for remember here is actually in the original language is more direct, far more direct. He's actually giving a command to, to actively remember, to actively never forget. He's giving him a command here in the present tense to keep preaching Christ as Son of God, Savior and Lord, and the prophesied Messiah, the seed of David, but not only the offspring of David, but also the Christ raised from the dead. Paul makes this statement to, to Timothy, and it's, it's far more than be, be mindful or, or don't forget about Jesus Christ raised from the dead. What he is saying, and we could actually put it this way in our text, if, we're, if, if you write in your Bible, you might just put just something like this, keep remembering, keep remembering. It's active. It's not a, don't forget this. You know, this is kind of important, Timothy. No, this isn't just kind of important. This is critical to your faith. For those of you who are followers of Christ, you need to know, and you probably, you probably grasp this already, but I'm here to remind you this morning that this truth is critical for your faith. You need to know this, and you need to keep, keep on remembering. You could put, keep on remembering, Timothy, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Remember Jesus Christ. Keep on remembering Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. It's not just don't forget, it's actively remember. And so with that thought, I want you to think with me about what Paul has here for Timothy. Timothy and all of God's people can take great encouragement in the midst of hardship and in the midst of difficulty. And as they bring back to their mind, as they actively remember, as they keep on remembering the risen Jesus Christ who conquered death and conquered the grave and conquered sin and conquered hell, as we keep on remembering, we can take great encouragement in this truth. Even as we face difficulty, even as we try to witness for Christ and face opposition, even as we fight with our own our own lack of desire to tell others of Christ. And we struggle with that, don't we, at times? We need to remember that Jesus Christ Himself suffered much, and yet He overcame through His glorious resurrection from the dead. We can overcome because of the power that is ours, because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 and 3 reminds us of this. Looking to Jesus... It's like, keep remembering Jesus, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him, or might I add, keep remembering Him, consider Him, who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself, so that, this is why Jesus Christ endured the cross, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. One of the reasons Jesus Christ endured the hardship and suffering of the cross and then conquered death by rising from the dead is so that we might not lose heart. 
We ought not lose heart. Paul says to Timothy in verse 8, remember Jesus Christ. Keep on remembering Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And the fact of Jesus' resurrection is very important to us as followers of Christ. It is very important to the Christian. I noted one reason already that the resurrection of Christ is an inspiration to those who are followers of Christ to persevere even in the face of great hardship and difficulty. And who among us hasn't faced hardship and difficulty? And if you're not facing hardship and difficulty right now, you, you likely will sometime in your life before you get too far down the road. We need to, to, to know and grasp this truth that Jesus Christ conquered death. And because Jesus Christ conquered death, we can have great hope, great encouragement as we face difficulties and hardship. But there are other reasons why we should remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead and never stop believing in it. And though we may never suffer hardship like Paul or Timothy, it is important that followers of Christ remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. It's critical. As we begin to think about the reasons why it's important to remember Christ risen from the dead, I want to point to some of the implications of if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead. I want you to just think with me of, of what things would be true if Jesus Christ had not raised from the dead. And I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to be here for a few moments, so you just stay with me in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, while you're turning there, let me just note this, that if Jesus Christ hadn't raised from the dead, then preaching the gospel would be a complete waste of time. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15, and that is exactly what we see in verse 14. First Corinthians 15:14. If Jesus Christ hadn't raised from the dead, our, our preaching of the gospel would be a complete waste of time. If he hadn't raised from the dead. First Corinthians 15, verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Listen, there would be no reason to preach. If Jesus Christ had not raised from the dead, there would be no reason for us to be meeting here together this morning if Jesus Christ had not raised from the dead. There would have been no reason for the apostles to preach. There would be no reason through the centuries for, the, for, for disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ to actually preach the word had Jesus Christ not raised from the dead. Our preaching would be in vain. Our teaching would be in vain. Our reading of the scriptures would be in vain. And not only would it be a waste of time to preach, and not only would our faith be in, in vain. Look at verse 14 again. The rest of verse 14 says, and your faith is in vain. So not only would our preaching be in vain, not only would our faith be in vain, because your faith would be based on a lie if Jesus Christ had not raised from the dead. So our preaching would be in vain, our faith would be, be in vain. But not only those things, the apostles would have been false witnesses. The apostles would have been liars. False witnesses. Paul says as much. Look at verse 15. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. You see, the apostles swore that God raised Jesus from the dead. Acts chapter 2 and verse 32 points to this truth, that Jesus, this Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses. The apostles said, look, we witnessed it. 
You see, they claim to have spent 40 days with Him after the resurrection, eating with Him and drinking with Him. It says Acts chapter 10. In verse 39, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. They, they claimed that they were eyewitnesses to the risen Christ. And there is no way that they could have been deceived or mistaken. Either they told the truth or they were deliberately lying. Right? And note too that if Jesus Christ had not risen from the dead, then we would still be lost in our sins. We would be without hope. Our faith would be for nothing and we would still be sinners. Keep looking with me. 1 Corinthians 15, look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. C.S. Lewis was at one time an atheist and became a believer in Jesus Christ and went on to write the, the Chronicles of Narnia, which we're familiar with, right? He puts it this way. He says, a man who was merely a man, speaking of Christ, a man who was merely a man, if he was merely a man, and said the sort of things Jesus said about himself would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. And I suggest we do the latter. Because Jesus Christ is Lord and God. If Jesus had not been raised from the dead, then it would have been a liar or a lunatic that died on the cross, right? We're talking about what? What if Jesus had not raised from the dead? But we know He has raised from the dead. And the reality is that, that no such person could have provided a sacrifice that was holy and without blemish as Jesus did. And for that we ought to be grateful. I want you to note something else. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, then believers who have since died have perished in their sin. They believed for nothing. You see, those, those who had died believing in Christ would not have actually been saved if Christ had not risen. Look at verse 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 18. Then those who also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Those who have passed away believing in the Lord Jesus Christ have perished. They're not saved if Jesus Christ is not raised from the dead. Their faith would have been in a false Messiah. They would have had absolutely no atonement for their sins, and dying in their sins, there would be no hope for them. Which all leads to another implication. If Christ had not risen from the dead, Christians should be pitied. Christians should be pitied. I mean, we're fools, right? I mean, if our hope in Christ relates only to this life, then, says 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19, look at verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Why? 
Well, if Christ had not risen from the dead, we who believe in Him believe in a false Messiah, right? And our faith in Him leads us to refrain from from much worldly pleasure, right? We say, well, that's not Christ honoring, so I'm not going to do that. But if there's no Christ, if there's no Savior, we put off those things that we ought to stop and enjoy. Could be the reasoning, right? We endure ridicule and we're persecuted for our faith for no reason. How pitiful we'd be if Christ had not risen from the dead. And we ought to be pitied if Christ hadn't risen from the dead. Those are just some of the implications of Jesus did not rise from the dead. Now, I want to consider the implications of Jesus' resurrection, which should encourage us to always keep on remembering Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Because He did rise from the grave. He did conquer death and hell and sin, and He lives today. And because of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, our our justification has been verified. Think of it. Our justification in Jesus Christ has been verified. Note Paul's attention to this consequence of the resurrection. He says this in Romans chapter 4, verses 24 and 25. It will be counted to us who believe in Him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. You see, Jesus claimed that His blood would be completely adequate for the remission of our sin in Matthew chapter 26-28, saying, For this is My blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And because Jesus Christ rose from the grave, His resurrection from the dead verifies our justification, verifies that His blood pays the price for our sin. And by raising Jesus from the dead, God demonstrated His acceptance of Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins. I want you to listen to Romans 8, verses 33 and 34. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it, it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who indeed? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is interceding for us. Jesus Christ was raised, and the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead demonstrates God's power toward us. Another implication of the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. God's power toward us. Think about God's power raising Jesus from the dead. And this is a great truth of which Paul wanted Christians to know. He writes in Ephesians chapter 1, in verses 18 to 20, he says this, "...having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints." And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe? The immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. You see, the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead demonstrates God's power toward us. And this is the power of God involved in our conversion. 
Maybe you've heard people say, I'm, I'm too bad a sinner for God to save me. Not possible. Not possible for you to be too bad for God to save. Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead proves that. This is the power of God involved in our conversion, raising us to new life. Note Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 that says, In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead. And that's the same power available to live the Christian life. It's the power that redeems us for God's own. It's the power that overcomes all of our sins and conquers our sin and makes forgiveness possible. It's also the power available for us to live the Christian life. Because God is at work in us, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. That's why we said back in the beginning portions of 2 Timothy that you have everything you need to live for Jesus Christ today. If you're a follower of Christ, He has given you just what you need to live for Him because you have His power at work in you. And if you will humble yourself before His Word and humble yourself before His Spirit at work in you, you have everything you need to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. So we can say with Paul, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. It's not me who strengthens me, it's Him who strengthens me, right? Ephesians 3.20, we find this, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work in us. That power at work within us is God's power. It's not our power, is it? We're partakers of God's power when we trust in Jesus Christ, when we believe that He was raised from the dead. Whose power is it? It's God's power. Ephesians 6.10 says it's God's power. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not be strong in the Lord and the power of your might. Oh, me. If it depends on our strength, we're in trouble, right? We depend on God's strength. We depend on the power, the proven strength and power of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So that fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead points very clearly to God's power that is also available to those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's our power if we're God's children. And because of Christ's resurrection, we have hope concerning our own resurrection because His resurrection gives us a living hope. 1 Peter 1 speaks of that living hope. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then in verse 21, Who through Him are believers in God who raised Him from the dead and gave Him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Your faith and hope is in God because God proves His power by raising His Son from the dead, His Son who gave Himself for your sin and my sin. 
And our living hope points especially to the resurrection of believers. You see, followers of Christ have great hope because they know that they will be resurrected from the dead. First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope, those who are asleep, those who passed on, passed away, who are dead. For since we believe Jesus, that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died. And because Jesus has risen from the dead, this demands, the implication for us is that this demands our loyalty to Christ. You see, He died. He rose again that He might be the Lord of the dead and the living, says Romans 14.9. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that He might be the Lord of both of the dead and of the living. You see, Jesus Christ was raised and then exalted to become our Lord. Jesus Christ should be our Lord. He was raised then exalted by the Father to be our Lord, not only our Savior. You see, if you call Jesus Christ your Savior, you ought to be calling Him your Lord also, who is Lord of your life, willingly yielding yourself before Him because of the truths like we see in Ephesians chapter 1. Listen to verse 20 and following, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority, and power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him as head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. The church, His body. That's why we call ourselves the body of Christ. He is head over the church. He is Lord. And because Jesus Christ was raised and then exalted to become our Lord, our lives and our service belong to Him. Do you understand that? Because Jesus Christ conquered the grave and death and sin and hell and makes new life, everlasting life possible for those who believe, demands our loyalty to Christ. demands our service, our commitment to Him. Romans 14, verses 7 and 8 says, For none of us lives to Himself. None of us lives to ourselves. It ought not be. We ought to live for Christ. And none of us dies to Himself. Verse 8, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Have you trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you confessed your sin? Have you believed that Jesus raised from the dead and conquered sin on your behalf and forgives you of your sin? You're the Lord's. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So as Paul reminded Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, or keep on remembering Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my Gospel. Let's never forget. See, the Christian must never lose sight of the significance of the resurrection of Jesus. That's why we stop at verse 8 and we stay here for a few moments this morning. This is an important truth. 
that we never forget, that we keep reminding ourselves daily, remembering the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and the implications of that truth, we must never lose sight of the significance of the resurrection of Jesus. It is the foundation upon which our faith and hope is based. The foundation upon which we can serve with the power of God at work in us. But if you deny the resurrection of Jesus, you are not a follower of Christ. You are not a Christian if you deny the resurrection of Christ. You cannot be a follower of Christ as long as you deny His resurrection. But the reality of the resurrection of Jesus is very important to God's children. Those who see the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead, that reality is very important for God's children who are with their conduct and their speech to be ministers of the Gospel. You see, it's that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that empowers you and empowers me to live for Christ when sometimes it's not fashionable. Right? We talked about this in the Sunday school hour a little bit. And I think we would agree with, with one who spoke it this morning who said sometimes... We're not very courageous, right? I think the idea this morning that we talked about in Sunday school, sometimes we're not very courageous when we live this life. Sometimes we're not very courageous, are we? It's not fashionable to be a Christian at times. It's not fashionable to believe in the authority of the Scriptures for our lives. It's not cool. It's not fashionable. It's not the thing, right? And so sometimes we find it very difficult to speak and live for Christ in the face of what we might perceive as potential opposition. And I'm with you. We all struggle with this to some degree or another. I think we all struggle with this. But the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so critical to us because it is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead that empowers you to go live for Christ where you go to school, young people, where you work, in your neighborhood, in your extended family. We all face challenges. We all face opposition to live for Christ, even if it's not overt. Sometimes it's, it's homemade opposition, right? In our own minds, Satan likes to feed opposition to our minds so that we might think, I better not say anything about how God is strengthening me from His Word in this way because that, that would make me look strange or people would think that's odd. Oh, how we need to live for Christ with the power of Christ, with the power of God at work in us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You see, if we suffer hardship, we can take comfort knowing that Jesus also suffered and rose again. If we suffer ridicule, we can suffer knowing that Jesus Christ also faced ridicule and faced death and conquered death and offers that new life to you as well. He offers you that same power that conquered the grave. Warren Wiersbe writes that Paul's words, remember Jesus Christ, here at the beginning of verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, sounds almost like a war cry. That's how it is in the original language. It's like a war cry. Remember Jesus Christ. Keep on remembering Jesus Christ. He says, sounds almost like a war cry, like remember the Alamo or remember Pearl Harbor, or I add remember 9-11, right? Jesus is the captain of our salvation, and our purpose is to bring honor and glory to Him. 
What an encouragement Jesus Christ is to a suffering Christian soldier, for he died and rose again, proving that suffering leads to glory and that seeming defeat leads to victory. Jesus was treated as an evildoer, and his soldiers will be treated the same way. Will we, will we keep on remembering Jesus Christ risen from the dead? Will we keep on living in the same power that conquered the grave and showed itself powerful that that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead? Will we be sure to remember and keep on remembering Jesus Christ risen from the dead? And will we live our lives accordingly with His power at work in us? Will we yield to His Word? Will we take the Word Saturate our hearts and souls with it so He has the the equipment that He promises to use when we yield to it. You see, the Holy Spirit intends to work with the Word. But if we refuse to get in the Word, if we, we refuse to pray, we've broken the lines of communication that God intends to use to give us His power. Will we go to the Word? And will we humble ourselves before the Word? Will we go to Him in prayer, giving every situation to Him to work in His great mercy, bringing about His great purposes and plans? And will we live our lives according to His power and for His glory? The implication of Jesus Christ risen from the dead is that we ought to devote ourselves to honoring the Lord Jesus Christ in all that we do and say. And we have His power for that when we will yield to Him and yield to His Word, yielding to His Spirit's work in us. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, what a blessing it is to be able to open the Word before our eyes this morning as we saw from many, many places in Your Word the power, the power demonstrated in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and how grateful we ought to be as Your followers, as Your people. Lord, I pray, help us to be a people who will keep on remembering Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as is preached in the Gospel we preach, as is preached in the Gospel we are to yield our lives to. Lord, help us to keep remembering. Help us to keep living realizing that Your power is given to us for Your glory, not our own, but it's given to us for our strength that we might endure, that we might honor and glorify You with our speech and our conduct, even honor and glorify You in the face of opposition so that more and more people would see the wonderful truth of the resurrected Jesus Christ and be saved. God, I pray today that You would Humble us before You. Help us to be certain that we humble ourselves before You, before the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.